fortunately, there's this flow in our mind that even when we try to hold on to something, it eventually gets washed away. And I want you to realize, given your propensity to thrive and be balanced and to be productive, healthy, happy, abundant, those thoughts of the red elephant or those other things you don't want to happen happening will be flushed from your system. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Dumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. So happy to be with you on a Monday morning. Another spiritual tune-up. Here's a question that was posted some time ago, and I've looked forward to answering it. It is, okay, minimize, it is how to stop something from happening. Mike, how do I stop something from happening in my reality? Especially if I can't imagine creating it in the first place. I have no control. Or do I? Now, this is kind of basic. It's a Monday. Let's take it easy. But what you want to do is reframe how you're viewing this thing you don't want to happen. Because by focusing on that which you don't want to happen, you increase its chances of happening because you're thinking about it. Even if you're thinking about it like, no, no, no. That's tantamount to thinking, you know, it's in my life, it's in my life, it's in my life. It's not in your life. You don't have to go there. So I know it's easier said than done, and I have a trick for you. But before I share that trick with you, realize that you're not vulnerable, that you can think more than one thought at a time, that you're going to beat this, and that there's a lot of wiggle room that's going to help you prevail. Okay, so easier said than done. How do you stop thinking about a red elephant? Are you thinking about a red elephant right now? Okay, stop thinking about a red elephant right now. Stop, stop. Okay, fortunately, there's this flow in our mind that even when we try to hold on to something, it eventually gets washed away. And I want you to realize, given your propensity to thrive and be balanced and to be productive, healthy, happy, abundant, those thoughts of the red elephant or those other things you don't want to happen happening will be flushed from your system. But here's the trick I wanted to share with you. I want you to imagine this thing. Go ahead. You're not vulnerable. This thing that you don't want to happen. Just, you know, any old random thing. Um, and then I want you to go beyond it. Go beyond it like a, a week or a month or a year or 10 years. And I want you to imagine looking back over your shoulder and you're just like, oh man, I love my life. I'm so grateful for everything the way it's happened. There's total order and meaning in the universe. Um, I was protected all along. Uh, the things that I feared never came to pass. It was easy. And I want you to imagine in this future version of yourself that is beyond the event that you might be fearing. That 
that uh, there's just love and balance everywhere. By going beyond it to a world where you're happy, and that is the ultimate key. Go beyond and you're happy. You don't even have to think, did it happen or not happen? I'm just so happy. It was, it's all perfect. The only way you can get to a true, authentic manifestation of a place beyond it where it's all good is if everything played out in divine order. Sometimes the thing we don't want is the thing that might help us the most. But that's not to add power to it, and that's not to say you're vulnerable, and that's not to say you don't have control. Go beyond and be happy. Don't even say what happened. There's a note from the universe that says something to the effect of wanting, um, should you ever be in need of a miracle? You know, just hypothetically, what if? Think not of the miracle, but think of its intended result. So you want COVID to go away. You want wealth and abundance. You want to find your, you know, Romeo or your Juliet. Don't be thinking about the logistics. Don't be thinking about making that happen. And don't be thinking about, yeah, but I'm stuck with the illness and I'm stuck with Bob and I'm stuck with this and I'm stuck with that. That just reinforces it. You want a miracle that will cure the imbalance that will bring about order, that will attract you to Romeo or Juliet. You want a miracle like that so that beyond the miracle, you're in love, you're happy, you're healthy. So go there. Go beyond. You're in love, you're healthy, you're happy. You know, maybe Bob turned out to be really awesome uh, or, or whatever the best medicine for you is. And that's not to imply something yucky. Whatever the best circumstances for you that would bring about your greatest joy, your most abundant living, your improved health and appearance and everything else, that will be forced by the end result working backwards. The end result is what you think of beyond the manifestation, beyond the thing you don't want to happen, beyond the miracle you do want to happen. Go beyond, and as you move forward with baby steps, and you get to this place, all of the necessary players, circumstances, courage, creativity, ingenuity, you name it, necessary to be in that place of sunshine and joy will be effortlessly taken care of for you. So to wrap it up, don't be thinking about what you don't want to happen. That's not the way to avoid it. The best way to avoid it is not even to be thinking about the opposite necessarily because that's too challenging. It's too close. Go beyond to a place of like, I get it. It was perfect. I loved how that played out. Don't even say how it played out. Just like, could not have been better. Thank you, universe. Feel the joy. And then you live your life to the degree you can to move towards joy, friends, laughter. You think more than one thought at a time, as I was just saying at the outset of this spiritual tune-up. And you're going to be good to go. It's all here to help you. John Bowfellow adventurer Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up and yet again another very dicey topic. Vegetarianism. Veganism. Mike, please speak to this. In specific, the questioner said, any chance you could talk about vegans, vegetarians, etc.? What does our higher power think about us eating his creations? And why plants? If not animals and their byproducts, eggs, cheese, etc., why plants? Aren't we killing 
God's creatures when we're eating plants. Oh boy. So I claim no high road here. I think it's, it's all good, which can be said of all things in life. Um, I am a vegetarian, maybe 17 or 18 years now. And for, gosh, at least the last five years, nearly vegan. Um, I, I do all I can to avoid animal byproducts, which is what a vegan is. Someone who does not eat animal byproducts like eggs uh, and milk and dairy and things like that. You know, unless it's already in my pancakes, it's like, ah, that's really too hard to handle. But so the rationale and what's going on. And again, not taking the high road here. I think, you know, we all end up in the palm of God's hand. Uh, I will say that in my immediate household, I am the only vegetarian. And in my extended families on either side, there are no vegetarians that I'm aware of. So, you know, and I'm okay and at peace with the fact that in this house, um, animals are eaten. You know, this is the wild, wild west in the jungles of time and space. And we're all doing the best we can. And there's love for everyone. And we all get to that same place. So please, nobody um, take offense at what I might be sharing right now. But why my path and some of the rationale, spiritual or otherwise? Uh, I came into metaphysical truths uh, in my late, late, late teenage years, 19, probably 18, uh, 20, in my early 20s. And immediately, while vegetarianism was never really a topic in the books that I read, I just always felt deep down, it just doesn't seem right to eat animals. That doesn't mean I was right. It just didn't seem right. But I was way too lazy. I'm not a foodie. If I could go get some chicken McNuggets, man, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm got it. Egg McMuffin in the morning. Oh my gosh, heaven. Um, but eventually I had this space in my life to contemplate more deeply and consider the foods I was eating. And along the way, I have to say, I did read a brief line out of a Seth book. I speak of the Seth material all the time. I have the highest regard for the Seth material dictated by the late Jane Roberts. If you're curious, go to Amazon or your favorite bookstore. Look for Jane Roberts books. Anything with Seth in the title is a Seth book. And Seth said, if one was truly truly enlightened, you know, Buddha, Christ consciousness, Krishna, supposedly, and, and, and others, it would be unfathomable for someone in that awakened state to consume meat. And while I couldn't connect all the dots in my heart of hearts, I knew that was right. It just, to me, my opinion, it was just totally spot on. But that didn't tip the scales for me. I couldn't do it until later in life when I could find um, that space to not only think about it, but to suddenly realize that, you know, with oatmeal in the morning and hummus and vegetables at lunch and pasta for dinner, I was very nearly a vegetarian back then. And I did the lemonade cleanse, the California cleanse. I did that review and another spiritual tune-up if you're curious. And from that 10-day California cleanse, the lemonade diet, if you will, uh, I never had any uh, meat or cigarettes. Hallelujah. Thank God. That was 18, 17 years ago. 
Um, so it all boils down, though, now in hindsight, particularly not being a foodie and seeing how incredibly effortless it's been to not eat animals. It boils down to one question. If you don't need to kill an animal or have one killed for you to live a vibrant, healthy life, and that's purely opinion. But if you don't need to kill an animal to be healthy and nourished, then why would you? It's just like, you know they have feelings. You know they experience pain. You know that there is virtually zero humane farming in the world today on a mass scale. There is none. So, so why would you? It's just like, un, it is truly unthinkable that you would torture or allow the torture, that's a fair word, of animals to eat something that you could get out of beans and carrots and celery. Now, many people will say that's not true and some bodies must have meat. That's a conversation I'm un, incapable of having. I know nothing about nutrition. I know nothing about body types, but I know my feelings and my feelings tell me that for me, uh, this question answers everything. Why in the world would I go there? Uh, and then the question will come up about um, plants. And well, if you're going to kill uh, corn or kill wheat, uh, to me, while that question is raised, it just doesn't hold any uh, traction. It, I just think it's a bit silly. I think comparing um, a conscience sentient chicken or a cow to barley and uh, strawberries is just, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe we should all be airtarians. Um, I, I just don't think it's fair. And uh, without logic or reason, I, I'm just going to say I don't find uh, an argument in that area. Um, as far as animal byproducts, being a full vegan, I think, it, I, again, because farming practices are rarely, if ever, humane, um, to eat chicken eggs that came from a farm. Uh, I would have no problem eating eggs that came from chickens in my backyard that I loved and, and nurtured. I, I, I don't see that as problematic personally. See, this is a, a, a tune-up filled with opinions and my own opinions and I've been asked, so I'm dishing. Um, so I don't think animal byproducts are necessarily all bad. Um, but only if you can ensure, and, and just buying free range chicken eggs, there, there's no free range. Nobody's checking if those chickens are free range. Generally, it's probably mostly a lie. Uh, the packaging, um, there's no standards for what free range is and things like that. Um, okay, so, and then one more, one more question to answer, and this is maybe the most uh, disturbing whether or not you agree with the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan for spiritual purposes, that's irrelevant to this question. If you eat animals in this modern world, you are, and, and there's no debate about this, you are supporting an industry, a massive giant corporate industry that inflicts great pain and suffering on those animals you eat. Okay, 
I, I can't really debate all the vegan, vegetarian things other than give my opinion. But this last point is a statement of fact. And when you know that, how can you? How can you? Well, if you do, like my those in my household do, I still love you and God will still love you. And we're all going to end up in the palm of God's hand and it's all okay. Okay, we're doing our best with limited means and, and we're not all nutritionalists and you just don't know where to begin. Well, then this is not the year to become a vegetarian for you. Um, nor, my, nor do you ever have to go there. So anyway, those are my feelings. It's actually been one of the most effortless transitions of my whole life, becoming a vegetarian, being nearly vegan is really a cakewalk, uh, except cakes have eggs in them, you know, so it's like, it's almost impossible. Um, but maybe I'm just lazy and one day I will, I will regret those decisions of having cake and pancakes and French toast with dairy in them. Jumbo, Jumbo fellow adventurers, welcome to another spiritual tune-up after a very interesting one yesterday about vegetarianism and veganism. And thanks for all the amazing comments. I had no uh, idea that they would be so positive uh, on that topic. I thought there'd be a little bit more strife, but well, thank you. Today's question stems from one of my own experiences just yesterday. I'm looking at a house with my family, with my wife. We, met, we saw a great deal come available. Um, in the Northwest USA. Uh, they're asking a certain price. We went significantly above that price, knowing that there were other bidders involved. And we lost. And it was shocking, given how much more we went above the asking price. And while there was this moment of like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. <clears throat> it was quickly replaced by a fine-tuning of expectations and drilling down to understanding the nature of reality to be like, this is really awesome. So I was able to, not always easy, sidestep and bypass any sense of disappointment. And I've got several lessons that'll help you maybe make use of this in your own life at some point in the future so that you understand that there's always a silver lining. The, the underlying premise at first that helps one avoid any kind of disappointment is realizing that this is a world of order. There are no maybes, what ifs, uh, chance encounters, accidents, meaningless circumstances. There's no mistakes. Everything plays to your greater good. And I saw this play itself out so well about five years ago the exact same thing happened. A house went on the market. Within three days, there were multiple offers. We went above the asking price. And we lost to somebody who was under the asking price, under our bid by just a little bit. At that time, we didn't offer cash and that, that was a mistake. And it didn't happen. And then it was a little bit more difficult, except then I knew enough to say, this is going to play in our good. And I thought, and here's a piece of advice that's really critical. I thought that means there's a better house for us. When you make that leap, you blind yourself to other better outcomes. There was not a better house for us. And I thought maybe it was the financing uh, and or the stretching of our spending power 
by not doing it, we fared better. We didn't go into that place where we would be on thin ice. No, in hindsight, that didn't play out either. Don't even try to know what the gift is. All right. What happened five years ago when we lost that house um, was because we didn't have a second home at the beach, we ended up in the months and years that followed spending a lot more time in Mexico. My daughter, by the age of four, was fluent in Spanish. She got to know and fall deeply in love with her cousins and abuela, her grandma. I fell in love and found my happy place in Manzanillo, Mexico. And thank goodness that house that we offered on five years ago didn't come to pass. But the thank goodness was not for the reasons that my little tiny brain was able to see or recognize at the time. So you may be able to say when something didn't go the way you wanted it to, um, oh, well, there's something better happening. Let it stop there. Don't name what the better thing is. Don't put yourself on a track of there's a better house. There's a better relationship. There's a better X, Y, Z. Life is about to get way better. But don't try to name it. Just know that in this bastion of order floating through the cosmos, everything is playing to your greater good. Now, here is uh, another lesson that's really tricky, that's really important in your understanding of the nature of reality. Do not misinterpret what I just said. To think that there is a greater good, higher self, God or universe looking out for you, who's deciding what's best. No, it does not work that way. There's you and more you. There's only you. Realize this. The reason it didn't work out the way I wanted it to last night and five years ago is because I have other greater desires, thoughts, beliefs for my overall well-being and for my family that took the higher road, that won out, so to speak, that were more important to me than getting either one of those houses. Okay? So do not think that somebody else is riding shotgun, making decisions on their time frame, on their judgment, on their game plan, because that gives your power away. There's you, and then there's you. There is only you and more you. So when things don't work out the way you thought they ought to, realize that something greater is happening based on your wiring. Okay. Now, there are instances when we short circuit and we self-sabotage and there are times when maybe the thing you wanted to happen didn't happen because you didn't believe in it enough. But that too is working out in your favor because you're going to bear down and continue to do your best. I'm about to talk about that hook in just one second, but I want you to understand that when things don't go the way you wanted them to or you thought that they would, it's not because God took over and saw something better for you. That gives all of your power away. Something else overrode on the inside a greater desire for my family's benefit, my own joy, so that my 
daughter could learn her Mexican family, know her Mexican family, become fluent in Spanish, and show me a part of the world and the country that I did not know existed that I deeply fell in love with. My other desires took precedent. precedent. Also, don't worry about your negativity or did I not believe in myself. Just, just always know at a deep level as you pursue all of your dreams and you work to minimize your limiting beliefs, everything is shaking out for your greater growth and glory and the limiting beliefs will be eroded away as you continue to show up, which is the last point I wanted to make. One of the ways to maximize your ability to roll with what heretofore would have been called disappointments. This is, this is important is to always be in the game with your total heart and your total mind. Okay. Be there. Half assed efforts will yield half assed, half ass results. Okay. So, when I went all in five years ago on that house with my wife, and when I went all in yesterday on that other house and that other offer, and then after going all in, things didn't line up the way I thought they would, I don't feel bad because I went all in. I did the best I could within reason, okay? Be reasonable with yourself. Be kind and gentle with yourself. So don't, you know, let this overall advice be advice of, you know, laissez-faire, I'm going to just show up and the universe will guide me wherever I need to go. Oh, that didn't work out. Well, maybe it didn't work out because you're too lackadaisical. Okay, now that doesn't mean go crazy. Just be there. And, and the way you can be there fully so that it's not a burden is see life as a dance. You, you want this and there's a house and make an offer and ask the person out on a date and do the connection and apply for an interview and you know do your best with what you can from where you are. And then you'll never be disappointed in yourself. And you'll always know that the way this reality works is that everything is playing to your greater good. Even if there was something missed and overlooked, this is how you're gonna learn to not overlook it when the stakes are much higher and the rewards are much juicier and you're going to get them. Okay. It's all here for you. Um, you are pushed on to greatness every single day. The game is totally rigged in your favor. Okay. You've been, you've been crushing it all along. You're going to continue to crush it. Don't ever be disappointed. There's always a better, another, newer, faster, shinier, sexier, happier, place for you to be than you could even define right now. So you just do your best to move in what you think is the best idea. And sometimes there'll be alignment and sometimes there won't. But you just keep going and knowing that as you progress, you're higher on the mountain, your view improves, life gets easier and happily ever after. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up on this Thursday. Hope you're having an awesome week. Thanks for all the waves, the stars, the hearts, the engagement. It really means a lot. Thanks for sharing these tune-ups with your friends. A lot of great questions are, are pouring in now. Thank you so much. Today's question, how to know when to go all in. Mike, I'm wanting to start a business. I've spent two years waiting for the perfect idea or inspiration. Should I just jump in with my current inspiration, even if it's not that aha idea 
just yet. All right, I got, oh, a good number of points to convey here. And I love this question and I can relate to it so well. Not only did I have the same hesitation when I started as an entrepreneur, gosh, 30 odd years ago, but with each project I unveil every single year, it's kind of like, okay, do I go? Do I not go? Is it right? Is it not right? Here is what I've learned. First off, there is no shame in waiting. Okay. You know, if you wait two years, but you get to that place of confidence, or if you wait 12 years, get to that place of confidence, it'll be worth the wait. Don't rush into it. Don't forego the preparation, the studying, etc. Don't think that there's something wrong with you because you haven't pulled the trigger yet. But having said that, there is nothing that will give you more clarity than finally getting started. A note from the universe once said something to the effect of most really great big ideas, really big sexy ideas, never appear as big sexy ideas. They appear as little tiny ho-hum, let me floss first kind of ideas. Because those ideas once acted upon bring about clarity you could not have had any other way. So, you know, I'm not giving you a, the perfect answer. I'm not saying wait. I'm not saying go. There's room for both. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be frustrated. If you haven't started yet and it's been a couple of years or a couple of decades, probably you had other priorities you were taking care of and important work was being done to create a foundation for you to blast off from. Now, I still have a good number of more ideas for you. So let me uh, go there first. As I often share with people the importance of taking action, um, very often they don't even know if they want to start a business. They have no idea what might come next. And they're waiting for their passion, their bliss, their purpose, their niche. The advice I facetiously give is to assess your sucky options because that's where I was 20 years ago, liquidated the t-shirt business. Do I start sending out motivation and becoming a speaker? Assess your sucky options. Maybe they're better than sucky, okay? But generally, you're not asking this question if you have the yellow brick road in front of you. And pretty much nobody has the yellow brick road in front of them if they're starting out anew. Maybe you're different. So assess your not so glamorous options. Choose the least sucky or the least three sucky, give yourself a deadline, 48 hours, and go. And I mean this with all sincerity. Do it. Just go. But think not that you must follow conventional wisdom and burn your bridges and tell your friends and be held accountable and go down in a ball of flames. You don't need to be so dramatic. You don't need to be so heroic. There's so much wiggle room in the universe. Keep your day job. See it as a temporary stepping stone. Ease into what it is you think you want to do. Do it in the evenings at first. Do it on the weekends at first. Is that difficult? Yeah, it's hard as hell because you're spread so thin. You've got a day job. You've got a night job. You've got kids to feed or whatever. But that's the alternative that you do have as opposed to just burning your bridges and going all in. Look, look, that's for soap operas, okay? And soap operas are, are not reality. You can ease into it. 
to the degree that you have comfort, to the degree that it makes sense, and you can ease into two, three, or seven different things at one time. Dabble here, dabble there, research. You know, Don't be waiting for the perfect idea, and don't be lazy. Do your research, and once you've narrowed down your options and you see the least sucky, start going there. Dabble, play, tweak, tuck, nip, go, withdraw, go again, and, and let it be less harrowing for you. You will find immediately, as I did when I started writing and speaking and circulating my accountant's resume, made me really sick. The clarity was like crazy. I loved the writing. I hated the speaking, but I knew that I could do something with it. And I decided then and there after circulating my CPA resume for two months, that's not who I'm going to be going forward. That clarity on three fronts never would have come if I didn't do anything. And here's the other really, really important piece of advice I have for you that contradicts most mainstream advice. Do not think that you need to pin the tail on the donkey and declare what you're going to do. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to open a shoe repair store. I'm going to open a whatever travel agency. And think that you're now committed and that's what you have to do. No, there's so much wiggle room. Okay, so, so leave the door open. I never said I'm going to be a writer. I often said I'm going to write a book, but I never said I'm going to be a writer. I never said I'm going to be a speaker. I never said I'm going to be a webmaster. I never said I'm going to do those things, but I did all of those things, but was always open to new ideas. And that's the point. Be open to new ideas. As you go down a certain path, clarity is coming and you're going to want to double it up or you're going to want to tone it down. You're going to want to bear left or you're going to want to bear right. You might want to regroup and rethink. All of that's good. All of that is empowering. So once you pick your two, three, or seven, or one things to start moonlighting and doing a little bit here, a little bit there, keep the door open for other possibilities. I talk about don't mess with the cursed house. Don't worry about how your dream of joy, abundance, friends, and creative fulfillment is going to come to pass. Work on different possibilities. Toss that all to the universe. Let the universe hit the home run for you. It will if you're pitching the ball. You're on the same team in this baseball analogy. You pitch to the universe who's on your team and the universe hits the home run. And if you only throw one ball, this book must be a bestseller. Clunk. Now you're waiting and you'll wait forever and you'll self-doubt and self-loathe. Just get a lot of irons in the fire and you're going to see, you're going to have so much clarity that very quickly you're going to only have two irons in the fire and then you're only going to have one iron in the fire and then you're going to be on fire and you're going to know what you want to do and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, damn, I'm living the life of my freaking dreams. How did I get here? I started out selling t-shirts I started out as a CPA, debits and credits, then selling t-shirts on a sidewalk, then sending out free emails, then giving little talks at Toastmasters, then becoming the scribe for the universe. Notes from the universe came way after all of those starts and those starts made it possible. Then I'm on world tours. Then I've got New York Times bestsellers and umpteen other books. It's just like, how did this happen with my little baby mortal steps? It's like, I got going. No shame in waiting. You don't have to jump into it. Don't jump into it unless you have that inner sense of, let me, let me see how far I can take this, you know, down this path before another path shows up.
Okay, let it be easy. You're loved and adored. All things are possible. Um, be there fully in your life with every single thing you do, including those things you're tepid on until something more exciting comes along and stoke the fire to help make something else come along. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy Friday. I'm sure you're ready for the weekend. I know I am. Uh, welcome to another spiritual, spiritual tune-up where I answer your questions. So here we go. Today, the question, if you forgive, but it still hurts, does that mean that you didn't really forgive? Now, this is such a poignant question for probably a reason you haven't suspected. Um, usually, Forgiveness deals with anger, and that's not what the questioner asked. It didn't say if you forgive, but you're still angry. It said if you forgive, but you still hurt. Does that mean I didn't really forgive? Big difference. And you might have a little bit of both feelings. But here's the deal. If you have forgiven somebody, but yet you feel anger, you didn't forgive them. If you have forgiven somebody, but you still feel hurt, it's not them, but you, yourself, that you haven't forgiven. In either scenario, you've let the illusions, however, and your misunderstanding of your place within them override your feelings to a point that your feelings are happening to you based on the filter of your beliefs and what's going on. So a couple of ideas to help you here a little bit is to realize that, that in the illusions, in spite of appearances, you're always in the driver's seat. There's always order. There's always meaning. And there's always a purpose to everything that unfolds. And that purpose has to do with your greatest desires, your most passionate loves, and your greatest fears. And I don't want to spin this into a direction where, you know, blame the victim, blame the victim. Uh, I already talked about that at great length in earlier spiritual tune-ups. Just look on Facebook and or Instagram uh, for the different uh, 100 prior tune-ups, and you'll see where I take a deep dive into that. But let's realize that we are here by choice as gladiators of love and joy. And in this early arc of the evolution of consciousness, we often manifest unintentionally more than we do intentionally. We think the world is happening to us and people are doing things that we don't have control over instead of realizing at this early stage that we have total control Everything that happens, happens with order, meaning, and love, no matter how hideous, and that the best is yet to come. Whatever has happened will set you up for greater things, more compassion, deeper love. The more you've been hurt, the greater your capacity for joy in the future, contrary to appearances. So if it's anger you're dealing with, that means you think other people have a say in how your life unfolds and you think earlier circumstances could have detracted from where you would otherwise be. These are big lies. You are deep 
in hypnosis, hypnotized by the illusions. Take this invitation to realize you're still sitting on your throne, that all is well. That doesn't mean the person should be excused. That doesn't mean they didn't do wrong. That doesn't mean that it's your fault. It does mean that you from this point forward are going to recognize your kingdom or your queendom and thereby not let this stuff happen again. Okay, if you're feeling <clears throat> the hurt and it's not about anger anymore, clearly you feel that earlier circumstances have diminished your ability for joy today, big lie, and made you somehow less going forward. I can't tell you how many times I have stubbed my toes, metaphorically. I can't tell you how many times my heart has been shattered into a million pieces. I can't tell you how many evenings I wondered if I would ever be happy again. But all of those things passed. And I look back at those earlier follies and those earlier slights and those earlier jabs and wounds, and I look at them as training wheels. Like a little kid learning to ride a bike training wheels so that one day you can ride without the training wheels. I view those earlier experiences as practice for the really good stuff that's coming my way and your way. I no longer view them, oh, that was my one chance to find true love. Oh, that was the one person who really understood me. Lies, 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 lies. Okay, get out of there. Get over it. Move forward. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter where you are. There is always hope. Things keep getting better. You're an eternal being. That stuff that happened is temporary. It was an invitation for greatness moving into the light, going where you've never gone before, and you are poised for being even more awesome than you knew to dream of being. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend, uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.